Hey guys, Ed from Paranormal Link Ohio here, back at it again with another podcast episode. Tonight's podcast episode is going to be a doozy, guys. I learned about this after watching a movie, and then I looked up the whole project that they did, and I said, man, these guys have got to hear about this. Tonight's episode is about the Philip Experiment. So we're going to go into it. I'm going to read you things that I found online and in uh, doing my research. So that way you guys can get the full experience of it. So just you guys understand that everything I find is from my research. I read it from my notes and then you'll... There we go. Sorry, I'm already bumbling my words. So it's going to be a good episode tonight, guys. So we're just going to dive right into it. A group of teenagers gathered around a Ouija board receives mysterious messages from a person's spirit who claims to have died 40 years ago. Or a paranormal society conducts a seance where they contact a ghost that communicates by rapping on the table. The residents of a century-old home see the spirit of a young child playing in the hallway. These are manifestations. Are they truly the ghosts of departed people, or are they the creations of the minds of the people who see them? Many researchers of the paranormal paranormal suspect that some ghostly manifestations and poltergeist phenomena, objects flying through the air, unexplained footsteps, and door slammings, are products of the human mind. you got to understand, guys, we only use 3% of our brain's capacity. 3% is all we use. And the mind is such a powerful thing, and the brain is such a powerful thing. And you just imagine if you can open up the rest of that power of your brain and your mind, the things that you could do. Again, I'm going to read you guys this. You guys go by what you believe. And, you know, nobody's belief is wrong. You know, I'm open-minded. I truly believe the paranormal is a spirit world, demons, all that. It's, it's all real. To me, it's real. But some people believe differently. So I read this after watching that movie and was like, man, I, you guys just got to hear this. So to test that idea, a fascinating experiment was conducted in the 1970s by the Toronto Society for Physical Research, the TSPR, to see if they could create a ghost The idea was to assemble a group of people who would make up a completely fictional character and then, through seances, see if they could contact him and receive messages and other physical phenomena, perhaps even an apparition. The TSPR, under the guidance of Dr. A.R.G. Owen, assembled a group of eight people called from its membership, none of whom claimed to have any psychic gifts. The group, which became known as the Owen Group, consisted of Dr. Owen's wife, a woman who was the former chairperson of Mensa, an industrial designer, an accountant, and a housewife, a bookkeeper, and a sociology student. A psychologist named Dr. Joel Witten also attended many of the group's sessions as an observer. The group's first task was to create their fictional historical character. Together they wrote a short biography of the person they named Philip Aylesford. Here is, in part, is that biography. Philip was an aristocratic Englishman, living in the middle middle 1600s at the time of Oliver Cromwell. He had been a supporter of the king and was a Catholic. He was married to a beautiful but cold and frigid wife, Dorothea. 
the daughter of the neighboring nobleman. One day, when out riding on his <clears throat> on the boundaries of his estates, Philip came across a gypsy encamped encampment and saw there a beautiful dark-eyed girl, raven-haired gypsy girl. Margot and fell instantly in love with her. He brought her back secretly to live in the gatehouse near the stables of Diddington Manor, his family home. Boy, for these people that are supposed to be super smart, like in Mensa and psychologists and everything, I'm reading this straight from what they typed up. Their punctuation is kind of not good. So, for some time he kept his love nest secret. But eventually, Dorothea, realizing he was keeping someone else there, found Margot and accused her of witchcraft and stealing her husband. Philip was too scared of losing his reputation and his possessions to protest at the trial of Margot, and she was convicted of witchcraft and burned at the stake. Philip was subsequently stricken with the remorse that he had not tried to defend Margot and used to pace the battlements of Diddington in despair. Finally, one morning his body was found at the bottom of the battlements, whence he had cast himself in a fit of agony and remorse. So that, that was part of the biography, guys. The Owen Group eventually enlisted the, the artistic talents of one of its members to sketch a portrait of Philip. With their creation's life... <clears throat> and appearance now firmly established in their minds, the group began the second phase of the experiment contact. In September 1972, the group began their sittings and formal gatherings in which they would discuss Philip and his life, meditate on him, and try to visualize their co collective hallucination in more detail. The settings conducted in a fully lit room went on for about a year with no results. Some members of the group occasionally claimed they felt a presence in the room, but there was no result they could consider any kind of communication from Philip. So they changed their tactics. The, groups deci the group decided they might have better luck if they attempted to duplicate the atmosphere of a classic spiritualist seance. They dimmed the room's lights, sat around the table, sang songs, and surrounded themselves with pictures of the type of castle they imagined Philip would have lived in as well as objects from that time period. It worked. During one evening's seance, the group received its first communication from Philip in the form of a distinct rap on the table. Soon Philip was answering questions asked by the group. One rap for yes, two for no. They knew it was Philip because, well, they asked him. The sessions took off from there, producing a range of phenomena that could not be explained. See, like... Side note, guys, they're doing seances, <clears throat> they're trying this stuff, they're doing things, they're messing with things they don't understand and they don't know about. So, whatever they contacted, of course, it's going to say it's Philip. <clears throat> it wants to trick you. Okay. Through the table wrapping communication, the group was able to learn finer details about Philip's life. He even seemed to exhibit a personality conveying his likes and dislikes and his strong views on various subjects made plain by the enthusiasm or hesitancy of his knockings. His spirit was also able to move the table, sliding it from side to side, despite the fact that the floor was covered with a thick carpeting. At times, it would even dance on one leg. <clears throat> that Philip was a creation 
of the group's collective imagination was evident in his limitations. Although he could accurately answer questions about events and people of his time period, it did not appear to be information that the group was unaware of. In other words, Phil's responses were coming from their subconscious, their own minds. Some members thought they heard whispers in the response to questions, but no voice was ever captured on tape. Phillips' psychokinetic powers, however, were amazing and completely unexplained. If the group asked Philip to dim the lights, they would dim instantly. When asked to restore the lights, he would oblige. The table would the table around which the group sat was almost always the focal point of peculiar phenomenon. <clears throat> After feeling a cool breeze blow across the table, they asked Philip if he could cause it to start and stop at will. He could, and he did. The group noticed that the table itself felt different to the touch. Whenever Philip was present, having a subtle electric or alive quality, on a few occasions a fine mist formed over the center of the table. Most astonishing, the group reported that the table would sometimes be so animated that it would rush over to meet latecomers to the session, or even trap members in the corner of the room. The climax of the experiment was a seance conducted before a live audience of 50 people. The session was also filmed as a part of television documentary. Fortunately, Philip was not stage shy and performed above expectations. Besides table wrappings, other noises around the room and making lights blink off and on, the group actually attained a full levitation of the table. It rose only half an inch above the floor, but this incredible feat was witnessed by the group and the film crew. Unfortunately, the dim lighting prevented the levitation from being captured on the film. Although the Philip experiment gave the Owen group far more than they ever imagined possible, it was never able to attain one of their original goals, to have the spirit of Philip actually materialize. The Philip experiment was so successful that the Toronto organization decided to try it again with a completely different group of people and a new fictional character. After just five weeks, the new group established contact with their new ghost, Lilith, a French-Canadian spy. Other similar experiments, well, a little side note here, Lilith is the name of a very powerful demon, so let's keep that in mind. Other similar experiments conjured up such entities as Sebastian, a medieval alchemist, and even Axel, a man from the future. All of them were completely fictional, yet all produced unexplained communications through their unique raps. A Sydney, Australia group attempted a similar test, the Skippy Experiment. The six participants created the story of Skippy Cartman, a 14-year-old Australian girl. The group reports that Skippy communicated with them through raps and scratching sounds. What are we to make of these incredible experiments? While some would conclude that they prove that ghosts don't exist, that such things are in our own minds. Only others say that our unconscious could be... Sorry, my throat is so raspy today could be responsible for this kind of phenomenon. Some of the time, they do not, in fact, cannot prove that there are no ghosts. Another point of view is that even though Philip was completely fictional, the Owen group really did contact the spirit world. A playful, or perhaps demonic, some would argue, spirit took the opportunity to these seances, which I think that's what it was. I seriously think it was a demonic spirit. 
to act as Philip and produce the extraordinary psychokinetic phenomenal recorded. In any case, the experiments prove that paranormal phenomena are quite real, and like most such investigations, they leave us with more questions than answers about the world in which we live. The only certain conclusion is that there is much to our existence that is still unexplained. Like I said, guys, the human brain, we only use 3% of that power. Can you imagine unlocking the rest of that power and being able to communicate with the dead? I do. I really think that they went into a seance mode and they contacted something they shouldn't have. I think they contacted a demonic spirit, an evil spirit. I even think the Lilith one was a demon as well because there's a very powerful demon named Lilith. So I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. Um, I really enjoyed doing the research for this one and the movie that I watched. The movie is called The Quiet Ones. You guys should check it out. It is really, really good. Um, I want to thank you guys again for all the love and support that you give us. And thank you guys oh so very much. I love each and every single one of you. And you guys have a great night. And you will hear from me tomorrow night. Thanks. Bye, everybody.